Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where that was a terrible crack. Terrible timing. That's on Tyler. Big Herbie Herbach. I thought it was all right. <laughs> Low expectations there from Trey. Stinky fingers, Jose. Medium expectations. <laughs> My name is James Dreer. This is the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast where only one of us is an actual father and none of us priests. And uh, this is our Schwaver Wire show for week 15. Schwaver Wire? Schwaver Wire. And if you haven't checked out the Schwaver Wire, that's where you find sweet pickups. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Um, if you haven't already, you can find us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. That's where we post all our shows and give out advice to those few that ask us. <laughs> Just um, a bunch of interactions, honestly, with me, like being awkward with people, <laughs> trying to figure out how to do Twitter interactions. Yep, <laughs> trying to figure out Twitter. If you're new to the show, this is our first year recording the podcast. Um, so we just started up this year doing waiver wire shows and weekly matchup shows. Um, and it's gone pretty well so far. Um, but we plan on, you know, obviously um, developing this show a little bit more and being able to push out more content in the future. But for now, yeah, we're doing waivers every Tuesday and matchups through the playoffs. Speaking of playoffs, week one is here, baby, of the playoffs. Hopefully you made it. Hopefully you made the cut. All the trials and tribulations that come with a season, it's been a long one, and now everyone's getting sick with COVID <laughs> just in time for the fantasy playoffs. I think there was like 38 um, new cases of COVID, right? 39, check your numbers. 39. <laughs> um, so, yeah, waivers are going to be, you know, important uh, this week, navigating those uh, all those players that might have to sit out for COVID-related reasons. Um, so, yeah, let's get right into the waivers. Um, I think first off, foremost, obviously Rashad Penny's going to be the biggest probably name for waiver wires just because he finally had a big week. Um, he came into week 14 averaging 2.9 yards per carry on 27 attempts this season. Uh, but he ended up shredding the Texans for 137 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Um, uh, with every other Seattle running back injured, um, other than Alex Collins, who's been terrible uh, as of late, he finally kind of took control of the backfield, um, which we got clued into a little bit last week or the previous week with, um, you know, that when they were playing the Niners, he definitely looked the most capable in the backfield. Um, and, and this week they leaned on him pretty heavily. Uh, but next week he has the Los Angeles Rams, um, who have been good against the run and obviously are a better defense than the Houston Texans. So what do you guys think about Penny? I mean, is do you think there's um, a lot of upside here, a lot of potential, you know, closing out the season? He's He's got Chicago week 16 and Detroit week 17. Well, I, I want to throw this take out there, and I'm curious how accurate I am because Tyler knows this player a lot more than I would just because he's a Seahawks fan. But it seems like Rashad Penny, because former first-round pick, right? Um, anytime he's been healthy, which has been like very few and far between, he's been productive, though. I mean, just, just scanning through like the, fat, the past four or three and a half years of his stats, like six out of eight games where he's had 10-plus carries, that's a rushing touchdown. Like like just ten, which is pretty insane. Yeah. Like and he's had really small usage in his career, so I don't know. It just seems like someone who's like, if he is healthy, he's a solid beast. But this is the outside perspective. No, that really has been his case in in you know his entire career so far. It, you know, short lived. It shows like why the Seahawks felt so strongly to take him in the first round. Even most people had him, you know, in a second or third round pick, because um, he has the tools to be great, but he is never healthy. And, you know, he, so it makes him completely unreliable. But when he does play, you can see, like, he runs with power. He has speed. He's elusive. Um, he's kind of all the above. He has the the talent to be a really great running back in the league, but it doesn't matter if you can't be on the field. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I feel like we have always just had to give Rashad Penny the benefit of the doubt, like, 
what if he stays healthy this time? <laughs> like we've been burned on that a lot. Um, but I feel like at this point going into the playoffs, I think he's worth some serious fab. Um, especially if you need a running back on the given off given chance that he stays healthy. Um, cause Chicago week 16 and then Detroit week 17. I mean, if he's put, if he puts it together against the Rams and Chicago, like, I mean, it's a super play in the championship week against Detroit. So if you still have some fab left, I think he's worth just about all of it. Probably. Yeah. If you need a running back, he's by far the top waiver wire pick and he's probably one of the top picks in general. Yeah. I got $76 remaining from the hundred that we started with in our <laughs> That's home crazy. League. All right. Which is the highest in the league, and um, I'll just say that after you guys said that. <laughs> who's, who's, wait, who's second? Who's second? Uh, I mean, like the next closest I think was around like uh, forty bucks. All right, that means Trey's bidding forty-one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah, I, I think he's worth it. You know what I mean? Just on the off chance that he stays healthy, um, he could be a huge asset these last few weeks. Um. Moving on to the next guy on our list here, Devontae Parker, uh, rostered in 48% of the leagues uh, for the Miami Dolphins, obviously. Um, He was able to suit up for the first time since week eight after being placed on injured reserve due to that shoulder injury. Uh, He finished fourth on the team, though, with five targets, kind of working behind Albert Wilson in terms of the pecking order. Um, but he made the most of his opportunities. Um, he got looks kind of all over the field, short areas of the field. Also, um, got a couple deep targets that he turned into receptions. Um, and it looks like he's finally healthy. Um, he, he finished the game without any setbacks. Um, and he gets the jets in week 15, um, after they're coming off by. So Devonte Parker, if he's available in your league, I think, should be picked up um him being rostered in not even half percent of the leagues i think is a little surprising he's gone up a lot i mean you wrote this what like two hours ago yeah uh it's up to 60 percent already oh well that's probably sleeper this is based off of um, oh gotcha fantasy pros um cumulus roster percentage gotcha. okay which i think they take in you know multiple platforms right and that was probably this morning then also yeah, it was yeah, probably earlier in the day. Um, but yeah, I think he's, you know, a solid pickup, especially with uh, the Jets next week. I mean, I don't know if I'd feel confident playing him, but if you need someone to play, he at least looks healthy and you know, the matchup is is good. He has like a seven point floor. I'm just looking at when he's healthy and he does play, looking back to last year. And last year people forgot Devontae Parker was finally somewhat consistent for once and kind of broke out more more or less, you could say. And um, even then, you know, he was hovering around like seven points for a floor. So I, I, I think it's definitely a good pick. Yeah. Um, you know, I consider a good amount of fab on him too. Um, just the ceiling is is high if they can if he can click continue clicking with Tua and you know, obviously the matchup is nice. Um, so um I like I like picking up Parker if he's available, um, but probably not available in most competitive leagues. Um, KJ Osborne next on the list, uh, the Minnesota Vikings receiver, rostered in 32% of leagues. He was an obvious streamer in week 14 and a big pickup because of Adam Thielen's injury and the fact that he was out. Um, He had a – outside of that big play, he obviously wouldn't have had a a good day, but – it was nice to see him convert a big play. He has that he has that capability. Um it was close to almost maybe being called an offensive push off. Um, you know, I was remember we were watching that game and we were wondering if they're gonna call offensive push off on that, but they didn't. Um so he wound up with eighty three yards on three receptions and a touchdown. If Adam Thielen's out again, um it's still it's still to be determined. It's in a high ankle sprain, so um, older player, it it definitely could keep him out another week. Um, he's definitely worth looking at for a flex. Yeah, I like where you're getting at with this. Um, especially with the high ankle sprain for Adam Thielen, it seems like KJ Osborne would definitely be a good pickup. And you know, in the last couple of weeks, um, 
He had nine targets last week, seven targets the week before. The targets aren't really, like, uh, producing much, but he ends up scoring a touchdown somehow in the last two games. Obviously, we're talking about that 62-yard touchdown. Um, If Adam Thielen's out, you're kind of, like, forced to start him. But he really does, I'll just be honest, he looks like a boomer bust guy, and it scares the shit out of me if oh, I sure. was someone who wants to play him. Because, I mean, like, the looks are there, but it's, I mean, it's extremely touchdown dependent. The yards are not there at all. Yeah. Honestly, I like him a lot. I, li- I like him more than Devontae Parker. Oh, Because wow. when Thielen is out, he is clearly the second option there. The targets are what are what I'm interested in. Um, Obviously, Thielen was out last week, but the week before when Thielen went down, all seven of his targets came after Thielen went down. So, like. That's when he becomes a part of this game plan, and I like the volume he gets. I think it'll eventually turn into more production. Yeah, and I think the reason he didn't get many looks last week is because Dalvin Cook was just so damn productive. Like he was I mean, unstoppable. He still had seven. Tar- <laughs> he still had seven targets though, so like that's still yeah, a good number. Right, right. Um, yeah, still the targets were there, but obviously they were leading on Dalvin Cook, and he he was working, so they weren't you know looking to go away from that too much. But yeah, I like KJ Osborne. I think he can be played if Adam Thielen's out. Um, Tua, he makes the list here, rostered in thirty five percent of leagues, uh, mostly because he plays the Jets next week. So if you need a streaming option, two quarterback league, super flex, whatever, um, Tua is there in a lot of leagues and has a good matchup. And we were just talking before we started recording. He seems to be producing a nice little floor of around seventeen points. Um, so it's almost guaranteed production. Like I, I would imagine he hits 17 against the jets at the very least. Um, yeah, you got uh, in there. Uh, <laughs> You're uh, approached. Uh, uh, uh. You're going to step up, step up, man. Or I'm moving. Well, I was just going to say like the, the, the two attack was hot earlier in the year and it's like really cooling down and kind of what we were talking about earlier, like the 17 point floor, it's, it's decent, but I mean, we're, we're talking about playoffs now. Like first week of the playoffs, I don't want my quarterback scoring seventeen. I need I need me a twenty plus guy, and but he's playing the Jets. Exactly right. So I'm yeah. just like, okay, is that going to happen? And the Jets allow at least two touchdowns to a lot of quarterbacks. Definitely, um, anyone who's capable. But they did shut down uh, Ryan Tannehill week four, which I'm pretty sure is Julio Jones and. Um, AJ so Brown, long healthy. ago. <laughs> I know, right? Such a long time ago, but. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, and Derrick Henry was healthy. You know, it's a different Titans offense at that point. Um, But I think he's, he's you know, if you need a play, like most playoff teams are going to have their quarterback position solidified, but like with Lamar Jackson going down and, and we're not sure if he's going to be able to play, like you might have to pick up someone off the waiver wire and, you know, Tua might be there. So he's definitely worth a look there, uh, at least for this week. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, the Detroit wide receiver, rostered in 11% of leagues. Um, For the second straight game, he has seen 12 targets and has established himself, as it looks so, as kind of the alpha or at least the high-volume target receiver in this this passing attack. And we talked about it a little bit in the matchup episode last week. I think Josh Reynolds has opened up the passing game a little bit for this offense, giving them – someone who can open up the back end and, you know, make some plays in the deep, in the uh, deep ball game. So I think that's helping Amon Ross St. Brown um, get open underneath and, um, you know, against Denver, um, even though they got shit on, he produced eight receptions for 73 yards. So um, I think he could see similar usage um, when they play Arizona next week likely to be getting shit on again <laughs> yeah um i mean I, i've obviously liked Amon ross and brown from the beginning of the year he obviously didn't come around as quickly as i thought he would um uh, i mean okay 12 targets is ridiculous like two games in a row is even more ridiculous to happen the chance of that happening three games in a row is like astronomical yeah but he does seem to seem to be the person that is going to get the most targets in the passing game. So I think he has a pretty solid floor that probably like, you know, around eight targets a game, which will be good. And since they're losing a lot, should produce yards. DeAndre Swift out most, uh, like it's looking rumors are that he might, they might sit him for the rest of the year, but yeah, they're talking about IR. 
Um, so obviously they need weapons to throw the ball to, you know, um, Swift being out and possibly Jamal Williams too opens up more opportunities for Alvin Ross St. Brown as well. I mean, the last couple of weeks he had 12 targets, but they, these are games where they were losing early. Yeah. And I mean, the couple of weeks before that where he only had four targets against the bears and the Browns, those games were closer. So, I mean, they're playing the Cardinals. They're probably going to be losing again. Yeah. I, mean, I like him, honestly, 10 plus targets again. Yeah, it could happen uh, for sure. Um, he's worth picking up and, you know, if you're in a spot where you need someone, um, the volume could be there again. Uh, Jordan Howard for the Philadelphia Eagles, the running back position roster in 8% of the leagues. Seems hopeful he'll return in week 15. Miles Sanders is still dealing with the ankle injury. Um, the same can kind of be said about uh, Boston Scott, who's rostered in 21% of the leagues. You know, for me, I'm avoiding this backfield, <laughs> even if I'm, like, desperate at running back. Well, honestly, Miles Sanders, he had 120 yards last week before he re-injured his ankle, and they're on bye this week. So, like, this is not somebody – this might be – a very deep stash, but yeah. um, I would assume Miles Sanders is good to go when they come back week 15. Yeah, and even then it's like, do you play him? Because it's, <laughs> it's tough. But you know how I keep harping on you guys that he's averaging like six yards a carry? Yeah. He upped that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just don't understand like how they don't keep continue to give him the ball. Miles Sanders, I've been on this rant all damn year, but it's showing. Like, he's a good running back. Keep giving the damn ball when he's in there. Yeah, I wouldn't waste my time unless you're in the deepest of deepest leagues and you need someone for, you know, week 16. It's like I I wouldn't waste my time picking these guys up or wasting any fab on them. Um, Rashad Bateman, our boy, rostered in 31% of leagues. I love how he goes off the week we <laughs> all know. finally like, okay, it's time, to, it's time to let go. Well, you know, the most interesting, interesting thing is – um, his 103 yards on seven receptions all came from Tyler Huntley after Lamar Jackson went down early in the game, which hurt, including on one of my fantasy teams. Um, you know, that probably, that probably dropped some people out of the playoffs. <laughs> Lamar Jackson going down, they probably lost the game only for that reason. Um, so that sucks, but yeah. What does that mean for Rashad Bateman? Um, you know, Lamar Jackson, he has an ankle injury. It's another high ankle sprain. We like, know how you felt about, you know, the last time we were talking about a high ankle sprain. Well, it's interesting. I mean, <laughs> uh, the head coach, John Harbaugh, came out and was like, it's not a high ankle sprain, guys. It's not that, which doesn't make a ton of sense. I mean, it certainly seems like it. Low ankle sprains are, like, super rare to get. Yeah. Um, and from the looks of it, it seemed like a high ankle sprain, but... We'll see. Yeah, and so if Tyler Huntley is playing, does that increase the likability for Rashad Bateman next week? For either of you? No. <laughs> like, that's such a dicey play, man. Yeah. I mean, you have to be really struggling if, if that's where you're going to go at this point. Yeah, I pretty much feel the same way because if it's Tyler Huntley starting – uh, you're just taking another risk with someone. Um, They're playing the Packers too. Yeah, what I'm saying, like, yeah, so like they'll have they'll watch film against him and game plan against him, blah blah blah. Yeah. But then if it's Lamar Jackson, you have Lamar Jackson coming off an ankle sprain, so he's gonna be hobbled. Focus on passing, which is like he's been better this year, but he's still not a great passer. Packers, so, oh, sorry, Packers are potentially getting back um, Jair as well and Zadarius Smith. So. Yeah, see, with that added into it, it just – I don't like it. I don't like anyone having a week of film on uh, Tyler Huntley, and I don't like him catching the ball from Lamar Jackson hobbled, who's not really thrown to him before. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess you could pick him up, see how this week plays out. He has another good game, then you can look into it. But it's a it's a risky play this week for sure. Um, but he's a talented player. Right, we know that that hasn't gone away. It's just opportunity. Um, Kendrick, we could do such a long episode about players like that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a long list. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, the receiver for the New England Patriots, rostered in 
percent of leagues. The Pats literally did not throw the ball in their game against the Bills in week 13. and Three times. That worked out. They threw the ball three times. <laughs> okay, they threw it three times, <laughs> and they won the game. <laughs> um, but that might not be repeatable when they face the Colts uh, in week 15. So the Colts were uh, – or the Patriots were actually averaging about 25 pass attempts per game um, in their previous four games before they played the Bills. Um, so I think Bourne has some deep flex um, boomer bust consideration here. Um, given the fact that the Colts are also in the bottom 10 in terms of fantasy points per game to wideouts. Go Eeks. That's pretty interesting because I'm looking at the um, the quarterbacks versus the Colts all year, and there's only been two quarterbacks that thrown for four, more than 300 yards. And when they did, they went for 400-plus. And that would be Lamar Jackson and Josh Johnson combined with Mike White. <laughs> hey. The Jets total went for 400-plus. But um, for the most part, I mean, they're keeping people under 250 yards all year. Yeah. Probably means they're giving up some touchdowns, higher percentage of touchdowns to receivers than other teams. They are. They've they're tied with the most touchdowns given up to receivers on the year with the Bears, who have the like worst passing defense in the league. So yeah, when it gets when it goes into the red zone, apparently they are super vulnerable to giving up touchdowns. Well, basically, what I'm getting at is I'm looking at like the the quarterback passing yards. So I'm like, okay, this is like the you know how much is going to the receivers. So like we're looking at splitting up 250 between you know X amount of players which doesn't seem too promising. Yeah, and, you know, the Pats, when they do throw the ball, they, they kind of spread it out a little bit. It's hard to tell who's going to have a week, you know, week in and week out. So it's definitely a deep shot, as most of these waiver wire ads this are this deep in the league but um, or deep in the year. But Kendrick Bourne has shown ability uh, in the back half of the season with the increased amount of opportunities that he's been getting. Um, he's been making some plays, so... In those deep leagues, you need a guy to take a shot on. It's the matchups there, the abilities there. It's just whether or fact they're going to throw the ball or not and if it's going to go to Kendrick. <laughs> um, Austin Hooper, Cleveland tight end, rostered in 30, 38% of leagues uh, with with D- David Joku out on COVID and IR. Um, Hooper tied his season high with seven targets and caught a season high five passes. Um only produced 30 yards on the game, but he scored a touchdown, which um, gave him a tight end five overall finish on the week. Um, so if Najoku is still out in week 15, um, do you guys think Hooper should be strongly considered against the Raiders defense that allows even more fantasy points to tight ends than the Ravens, ranking third worst in that category? As a Raiders fan, I say absolutely get Austin <laughs> Hooper. All right. You're looking at someone who's going to be probably like a obvious tight end one just because his, you know, other tight end committee mate is out. And the Raiders are historically bad against tight ends. You guys might have seen my little Twitter takes I was doing in the last couple of days, but they're historically bad against tight ends and even with a new defensive coordinator this year, they're still just as bad against tight ends. So I don't know what that is. The Raiders can't stop tight ends. Yeah, that's a nice little dig there and so keep an eye on Najoku. If he gets cleared, then that might muddy things up. But um, if you need a tight end right now, yeah, spend some fab on 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 Hooper. He might be a, an awesome play. If he gives you another top eight finish, you know, that's huge for the playoffs. He's top ten next week. It's bound to happen. Um, Guess who's back? Back again? Sideshow Bob is back again. Bobby. (laughs) Bobby Anderson. That is Robbie Anderson. Rostered in 40% of leagues. He, in week 14, Anderson actually out-targeted DJ Moore with a season high of 12 and matched him with 84 yards and scored a touchdown, actually. Um, That scoring play, though, came when P.J. Walker was at quarterback, as did the majority of his yardage. So, you know... That can scare me away from Robbie Anderson a little bit because are they going to go back to Cam Newton again? Is he going to be starting the game again? 
how long is he in the game before PJ Walker comes out? Um, right now you can't really trust Robbie Anderson in week for 15 in the playoffs against Buffalo next week. Uh, but you definitely want to keep an eye on his targets, um, next week and, and see if getting him more involved with something schemed up during the bye week with their new offensive coordinator. Um, and no fucking thank you. <laughs> That's all I got to say. You're not going to fool me, man. Not in the playoffs. I'm not doing it. Not going there. Yeah. And not to mention, like, it's not very fair to put Cam Newton, like, as the problem here. Robbie Anderson has been jack all year. Yeah. So, sure. I mean, he's just not that good of a receiver. Or maybe they just aren't figuring out how to how to scheme him into the game. But, yeah, no, you don't want any part of that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely murky there and... You know, it could have just been an off chance that, oh, they got a new OC and all of a sudden he has a good game. But it was also came it came from PJ Walker and this team is terrible right now. Like <laughs> the Carolina Panthers as a as a team are just kind of kind of a joke right now. Like it's gotten ridiculous. So um I would I would avoid that as well. Plus five hundred on the money line for the Panthers. For the against, against Buffalo. Yeah. yeah I can I imagine yeah. I imagine Buffalo can squeak that one out, hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> after a couple tough losses. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, um, rostered in 10% of the leagues, the Cleveland wide receiver, made a fantastic catch. Tyler Big Herbie's Herbox <laughs> catch of the week, actually. Um, he was showing us clips before the, the we started the show and talking about how Donovan Peoples Jones is his favorite receiver on his favorite team. Okay, okay. <laughs> Hold on there. Pull back on the reins there, bud. DPJ is the new OBJ. Yeah. His second best catch of the game was the best of the week, <laughs> apparently. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones had seven targets, five receptions, 90 yards. He has the Raiders next week. He's a wide receiver for boomer bust option, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I. You know, that's a deep play as well. Like all of these are gonna be, but maybe worth the stash. If he has another solid week, you can consider it in deeper leagues. Um Gabriel Davis, the Buffalo wide receiver rostered in three percent of leagues. He got eight targets last week, five receptions, forty three yards, and a touchdown. And this guy is a little more interesting to me because Emmanuel Sanders Sanders suffered a knee injury. Um which really could open the door and did open the door for, for Davis to have more targets, not only in the game last week, but moving forward as well. Even though the next two matchups aren't particularly great, um, the Bills do get Atlanta in Week 17, which is nice. And for those who play until Week 18, um, God help your souls, um, they face the Jets in Week 18. So, um, And he has scored a touchdown in the last two games. So keep an eye on the Sanders injury. Um, I think that obviously affects his playability for sure, but we've seen some flashes out of Davis throughout the season and the opportunity is there in a high powered offense. If Sanders not playing, they play Carolina and then new England again. And he, he just seems really touchdown dependent, even with the increased usage after Emmanuel Sanders got hurt. Uh, he finished the game with an 8.6 yard per catch average on eight targets, five catches, 43 yards um, without the touchdown. And just like um, his general usage when they do tend to use him, it's under eight yards to catch when they use him heavily. So he's very boomer bust for me. Yep. I mean, even with uh, Sanders out, he's still probably the fourth option in the passing game behind uh, Diggs, uh, Cole Beasley, and uh knocks so yeah. that's a really tough play yeah for sure it's definitely a deep one um the surprise of the week old craig reynolds the detroit lions running back can't buy your car craig <laughs> he is rostered in one percent of leagues right now somehow um did you guys see what college you went to no Kutztown. Kutztown College. Where is that? I have no fucking idea. That's, That's down there in Kutzville. 
That sounds weirdly racist to me. <laughs> I don't know what the, I don't know why, but it's in, um, uh, it's in Cutstown, Pennsylvania. Hey, told you, <laughs> I told you. Uh, okay, e- either racist or Jewish. I can't tell. You. <laughs> oh, over in the Cutstown, you know. Um, you know, it's a big song when you look at the GPS maps. It's like Cutstown, right next to it, Chick Fil A. That's like the next biggest thing next to it is oh, Chick Fil A. Yeah. Hey, Chick Fil A is no joke, man. We just got one of those here in Spokane, and that place is packed. All right, so anyways, Craig from Cuts. What? Craig from Cuts. <laughs> Craig Reynolds from Cuts Town with the nearby Chick-fil-A. So somehow he led the Detroit backfield in the absence of DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams um, all week. Sorry, I just saw some major news about Cuts Town. Guess who else went to Cutstown? Who? Hall of Fame receiver Andre Reed. What? Did not know that. Dang. They renamed their town after his route running. <laughs> Cutsville. Cutsville. <laughs> so oh, welcome to funny. Cutsville, baby. Yeah, actually, right, is it the, Cutstown? The football Are we fucking this up? Yeah, no, it's Cutstown. No, it's, it's Cutstown. Cutsburg? <laughs> they Cuts actually Virginia? Did, they did name the stadium after Andre Reed. Wow. That's cool. Mind. Nice dig. The stadium and the city. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and guess who's up next, man? Craig. Let's be Craigsville here pretty soon. Um, <laughs> he led the Detroit backfield. It was expected to be Godwin and Jamar Jefferson like all week. I was thinking it would be Jamar Jefferson just because we'd seen him earlier in the year and we'd seen him do some nice things. Um, but it was Craig Reynolds who um, – you know, was their most effective rusher on the day just after being promoted from the practice squad uh, one day before. Um, so he came into Sunday with only two career touches in the NFL, uh, which both came at the end of the season last year for the Jaguars. Uh, but it's looking like he probably earned a permanent spot on the roster for the rest of 2021. And, you know... <laughs> His his fantasy value completely depends on if they go back to him, you know, one, next week, and two, if Swift and Jamal Williams are out again. Obviously, if Jamal Williams is back, I think his value tanks. Um, but if Jamal Williams is out, he has a chance to be the lead guy for the, the Detroit Lions, who are just a bunch of guys playing for pride right now, you know, and maybe putting something on tape. I mean, even by name, they're just really a bunch of guys. Like, you could barely name most of the guys <laughs> on this team. Um, yeah, honestly, and Jamal Williams is expected to be back. He, you know, COVID positive test, but he, guys are generally only missing about one game when that's happening right now. So he'll probably be, be back, and then it makes everyone else irrelevant. You ready for my horrible take? Uh, just by looking at their roster, out of those three guys who can play between Jamar Jefferson Godwin Igwebuke <laughs> and Craig Reynolds. Hey, honestly, honestly, man, I appreciate that. You, I'm pretty sure you got that right. Did I? I think so. Igwebuke. Now you're messing up again. Maybe added a few syllables, but yeah. Igwebuke. Close. I think that's right. Hey. He's from Canada. Igwebuke. But anyways, what I'm getting at is if you want a real deep take, uh, think about every good running back that's ever really killed it. They haven't had really crazy names for the most part. Craig Reynolds. <laughs> okay, we're moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Craig Reynolds has the name of a superstar. Yeah, I was wondering where the hell you're going with that. Um, Sterling Shepard. So, hold on, you say like Godwin Iguibike or whatever it can't, it's a little too can't exotic. be a star? It's a little too. <laughs> Godwin is too exotic. You got to put like a first name like Chris in front of it. Um, Sterling Shepard is rostered in 43% of leagues. Traded with some bangers today, I'll tell you what. Um, Shepard hadn't played since week I eight. I hope I'm right. I hope I'm right. <laughs> I don't know if that will ever be right, but... Uh, so look, look into the future. Do you see uh, people rocking Jamar signs in the stands, Godwin signs in the stands, or Craig? Signs saying <laughs> Craig would be the least likely, I would imagine. Like, oh man, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what else to say. 
A Marcus Allen. <laughs> That's a normal first name. Okay. Derek Henry. Normal first name. Like Craig and Jamar or Godwin. James Connor. Yeah. Top five tight end or running back this year. Okay, what about Hall of Famer Christian Okoye? Is I that, was going to say. Is that generic enough for you? <laughs> first name Christian. <laughs> that's all it takes. That's what they had to do. All right. And honestly, I swear that's the first person I thought of. And I was like, you know what? People with traditional names are good running backs. And I was thinking of the Nigerian Nightmare. <laughs> yep. And I knew his name was hella African. And even then, it's not because it's Christian is his first name. A religion that doesn't exist in Africa. I'm done. <laughs> Moving on here because that is... If you're still listening somehow, we're going to give you one more waiver wire, then we're going to give you the Thursday night preview. Uh, Sterling Shepard is rostered in 43% of leagues. He hasn't played since week eight because of a quad injury, but he played 81% of the snaps on Sunday. Uh, Unfortunately, the offense is terrible, Um, but we did see some flashes out of Sterling Shepard earlier in the year. Gives you a little bit of hope that maybe they can go back to him and he can lead this offense in the receiving game like he kind of was at the beginning of the year. Um, so he's worth a stash and, and see what happens, but he, he'll be tough to play just because the Giants are just terrible right now. Um, so I think he's good to go. If he plays and Daniel Jones comes back, he's Daniel Jones' favorite target when they play together. Right. So. That's what you should be looking at. Um, he's definitely worth a pickup. As and then, honestly, I think he's probably startable if Daniel Jones plays. Yeah, a um, couple of defenses that might be on your waivers to take a look at: Dolphins playing the Jets. Dolphins are rostered in forty-six percent of leagues. Vikings rostered in thirty-five percent of leagues playing Chicago. Um. All right, let's do a Thursday night football preview. And close this thing down. Um, we got the Kansas City Chiefs. How about that game last week, huh, Trey, against the Raiders? It's fantastic. <laughs> Chiefs playing the Los Angeles Chargers um, on Thursday Night Football. The Chiefs are four-point favorites right now, and the over-under is set at 51 points. Um, So let's start on the Chiefs' side of the ball. Patrick Mahomes last week, it's been an up and down year all year, but last week he had a very efficient game, 24 for 20, 258 yards and two touchdowns, finished with 19 fantasy points. Um, So not a huge game, but still a solid game. Um, And I think, you know, with the high over under and obviously Patrick Mahomes really high ceiling, he's an absolute must start right this week. You have to in the playoffs. Um, it sucks that it's on Thursday though. Like if I was, if I had Pat, I somehow don't have Patrick Mahomes in any, uh, league, but I'd be a little bit worried cause it's Thursday, short week. Um, but Vegas thinks there's going to be a lot of points scored. So hopefully that's the case and Patty can put up a good week. Uh, Clyde Edwards, Alaire recorded 10 carries for 37 yards and two touchdowns in Sunday's 48 to nine win over the Raiders. Dre, remember that? Um, he had three receptions for five yards, um, but he only had three carries in the second half, which limited his fantasy output greatly, but they didn't need him in the second half. So I still think Clyde can be started in this game as well. Um, hopefully it's competitive and he can put together a full four quarters of play. Last time they played, he had a hundred yards rushing on 17 attempts. Nice. Honestly, last week's game, that's, such a weird thing, because even though they were up huge, they barely ran the ball. Yeah. Uh, running backs combined for 22 carries total, one of them going to the fullback. Then you have Patrick Mahomes with four carries. Even Chad Henney had three carries. Um, I think they, that might be just them like, kneeling down at the end of the game. Yeah. And then Nicole Hardman had one, too. Like Being up by you know what four or five scores at one point in the game, Like how are you not running the ball more? It's, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it was kind of a weird game. They just kept scoring, like, on crazy plays. And, yeah, it's just – it got out of hand really quickly. Like, they were up 21-0, like, instantly almost. So, well, I mean, they, they scored a defensive touchdown on the first play of the game. Yeah. Um. So, I think that the same – the rest – you know, the same can be said about Hill and Kelsey, who also, you know, neither of them put up 
great games either. You know, and that's what's crazy. It's like you see the Chiefs put up 48 points. You would expect Hill and Kelsey probably had pretty good games, uh, but neither of them really had great games or good games. Um, but you got to start them this week um, no matter what. So um, I would expect that if the, the Chiefs put up 48 points again, Hill and Kelsey will be more involved if it's more competitive. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Justin Herbert, another solid week against the New York Giants last week. He hopefully gets Keenan Allen back. He's a must-start. Um, Austin Eckler did not practice Monday, um, but it is important to note that the team did not practice officially on Monday and that Eckler's did not practice status is merely an estimation of what would have likely occurred if they had practice. Uh, so with that in mind, Los Angeles is on a short week. Um, so hopefully Tuesday we get a, another update. Um, but if he's healthy and active, you have to play him. What's up with all these ankles this week? Ankle sprains, ankle injuries. Ankles and COVID, man. That's, ankles and COVID, dude. That's what's on the list this week. COVID ankle sources. <laughs> um. But, yeah, so keep an eye on Eckler's status as the week goes on. Hopefully he plays, but it's it's definitely looking murky. Uh, Keenan Allen, uh, speaking of COVID, um, Los Angeles wide receiver expects to play on Thursday night versus the Chiefs. Uh, he's still on that reserve slash COVID-19 list. However, as long as everything goes smoothly and he's removed, he will be playing. And if that's the case, you got to play him. Yeah, that's an easy one. I want to go take a step back real quick and go back to Eckler. If he does not play, are you rolling with Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly at all? Ugh. Like, maybe if I'm the Eckler manager. Outside of that, no, I don't. I'm not touching it. So who who would you pick then? <laughs> I don't even know. They kind of split time when Eckler's out, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, but my gut, just from being a Raiders fan and seeing Justin Jackson over the years, um, he's a way stronger runner. And I will take that over um, the receiving value, I guess. Well, actually, he tends to get more targets out of the backfield, too, though, over Joshua Kelly. So that's where I was leaning to is Jackson because he does seem to be more explosive overall and gets more work out of the backfield. Yeah, so when Eckler was out last week, Justin Jackson played 28 snaps or 28% of snaps, um, nine rushes for 35 yards, one target through the air, and then Joshua Kelly, 27% of snaps, 10 rushes, 33 yards, one target through the air. So it was almost identical, 50-50 split. So (laughs) I think that's what I would expect to see if Austin Eckler doesn't play. So that means that if you're an Eckler owner, you probably want to look away from these guys anyways. Right. I mean, unless you don't have better options. Because you know, at least you know those two guys are going to be playing. It's probably just going to be them two. Um, but it is there is going to be some sort of split among them. So take your shot on who you like more. You know, like you guys were saying, you like Justin Jackson more. That's I think that's how you have to approach it. <laughs> who do you like better as a player, you know? Trey, I can't cut you off there. What, what were you going to say? I mean, like, if you had to choose between both of them, definitely Justin Jackson. Yeah. Just just going off of film, that's the way I approach it. When it's, like, that much of a toss-up, I go off of film and who runs better. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I did that with Chase Edmonds and kind of bit me in the ass. So. <laughs> I think a lot of people did that, so I wouldn't sweat on that. Uh, Mike Williams, uh, he was also listed as a non-participant for Monday's estimated practice report. Um. Will Williams was activated for from the reserve COVID nineteen list, um, as you noted, Trey. In our previous game, you guaranteed that he would be, and he was. So, whatever you are doing to cure people's COVID or whatever your, whatever juju you got going on over there, keep that going. Um, well, I'll <laughs> just say it right now. I I don't know nothing about nothing, but. <laughs> If someone tests negative for COVID in the NFL, they're not going to test positive again. So if it's early in the week and you're worried about someone COVID, 
and they're testing negative, it's going to be good as long as the timeline is right for their uh, vaccination status, I guess. And I knew Mike Williams was going to be right last week just because of his vaccination status and him testing uh, negative on, a, what was it, like a Tuesday or something. Yeah. Like right at, like almost after he tested positive, he tested negative like right after. So well, he like, never even tested positive. He was just in oh close contact, close That's contact, right. yeah. yeah. And then yeah. tested negative. To counter me being so right about Mike Williams, I was extremely wrong about Mike Williams when we were betting at the casino yesterday, <laughs> sportsbook in Washington. For those who are not from Washington State, which you're probably not, and you're listening, we recently on on the eastern side of the state got to bet through a sports book finally for the first time ever and we've been kind of experimenting over there and I went for a 61 and a half yard Mike Williams receiving yards over and under and I took the over because Keenan Allen was out cuz I knew I'm a covid genius <laughs> and my covid you and ge- Fauci, baby yeah my covid genius led Mike Williams to finish with 61 yards on my 61 and a half over so you weren't like way wrong. You were wrong by half a yard. Yeah, that's enough to, for them to take your money, though. Yeah. How, how do they know? Yeah. How do they know? Uh, he logged fifty nine of seventy one possible snaps, catching all six of his targets for sixty one yards. Um, it's looking likely that he'll play, obviously on Thursday night. Um, but what do you guys expect? Because it's been up and down all year, like. I mean, are you playing him if he plays against the Chiefs? <laughs> high over under. Chiefs defense has been a lot better. This like really, really good actually on the back end of the season. Yeah, I I still expect this to be a pretty high scoring affair though. So he'll probably get his chance. Um, honestly, I think for Michael, it's actually better if Keenan Allen is there, so he's not the number one, you know, wide out to cover. Right. So. Um, I th- honestly, I think it's better with with Keenan there. So yeah, I think yeah, I think you have to play him. I, I mean, what, what else are you gonna fucking do? Let me reach back into the past when they played the Chiefs in Week Three. Mike Williams finished with two touchdowns, 122 yards, 29.7 points in half PPR. Keenan Allen finished with 15 points, eight catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. Um, I mean, Herbert had 30 points. Mahomes had 24. It's just like a fantasy. It's almost like fantasy gold when this team plays. Yeah, the only thing I would say on that is the Chiefs have been playing much better. Um, but Chargers are high-powered enough that they should be able to put up some points. And you're going to want pieces of this game, even though it's Thursday Night Football. Um, you're going to want pieces. Um, last guy here on the list, Jalen Guyton, the receiver for the Chargers. Um, caught all three of his passes for 87 yards and a touchdown. Um, if Allen is out again... Do you see Guyton as streamable in the fantasy playoffs? It's, I mean, we talked about boom, boomer bust earlier. This is probably as a boomer bust as it gets on, you know, the waiver wire guys we're talking about. Um, you know, he only had the three targets last week. He had four targets. It's just, I honestly, even with Keenan Allen out, he's still getting basically the same amount of targets he was all year. Um, and what ninety percent of his yards came on a single play. That's that's super tough. Yeah, I would say if if both Allen and Eckler miss, that would make me a little more more interested because now their weapons are dwindling a little bit. Um, but outside of that, I don't think I'd be playing Guyton. I'm just looking back at the Chiefs and Chargers game history and score totals, and I mean the game total has not been less than, um. 43 at all in like five years so we're talking like 12 meetings so i guess wow. six years and while, while i'm saying that so that's like that's the absolute lowest right there there's a 34 point game in there um like five years ago but a lot of these games are finishing around like 60 points 55 points it, it's just traditionally like a high scoring game divisional yeah. game it, it, it's fantasy goal when these guys play that points are being scored left and right yeah and that that would point me to wanting to play Guyton too if you know both those guys miss. Like you you want pieces of this game, but um I think I would only be playing him if, if Eckler and Allen are both out. That's my take on it. Um that'll do it. That's all the players. Um outside of that, you know, I don't want to start Chargers tight ends. Are you guys taking a shot at him with the high over under? I'm not. 
No, I mean they're playing four tight ends a game at this <laughs> point. Like, like that's just a no. Like that's all. That might be like the worst situation in all of the NFL, regardless of like. Like I would rather take, uh, like Kendrick Bourne in New England than any of the Titans or any of the Titans, any of the tight ends from from LA. Let me tell you this: the over under is fifty one points, and well, let me ask you this: over under is fifty one points, and since Justin Herbert has started for the Chargers, which is the last two games that they have played at the Chiefs, um, most recent meetings fifty four points, thirty Chargers, twenty four Chiefs, and the one before that. First time Justin Herbert ever played the Chiefs. Uh, they finished with 59 points total, 38 Chargers, 21 Chiefs. Do you guys like the over on that 51? Um, The Chiefs did play the Chargers earlier that season, but that was with Teddy Bridgewater. Still uh, 23 Chiefs, 20 Chargers. I... I could see it going over, yeah. Yeah, I'd probably take the over. Yeah, I I would expect it to be over. Yeah, I, I know the Chiefs have been playing better defense, but the Chargers haven't been great. Plus, it's also in L.A., so like you're not have to worry about weather. I could see the Chiefs putting up thirty five plus on their own, pretty easily. You know. So yeah, I would say over. I mean, the only reason I ask, I know this is a fantasy podcast, but we're getting into betting, and it's more or less kind of the cuff in the same cloth, so. Yeah. Which we might be doing some betting content down the road, so keep an eye out. But uh, that'll do it for this show, so good luck in your waiver wires and getting set up for the uh, week one of the fantasy playoffs. We'll have uh, matchups episodes for you later in the week. So keep an eye out on those, um, all the rest of the matchups for the rest of the week, including some Saturday games this weekend. Um, So we will see you guys then. Take her easy. Spay and neuter your pets. The dude from Price is Right is dead. I have to do it. (laughs) Someone someone has to take over. (laughs) Who else is going to remind you? Is that who did that? I was always like, I don't know where that came from. Yeah, the um, Bob Barker. Bob Barker. Yeah, old Bobby B. Come on, what, do, no. what, Drew Carey doesn't believe in that. Yeah, Price is wrong, bitch. <laughs>